Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Those who are sitting further back, I don't know that you could see the same expression that, uh, that those sitting up close got to see. When, uh, when Jackson was starting to pray and he was praying over top of Mel, who was starting to pray at the same time, and then Jackson, he had such a Jackson response. He was like, <laughs> it was perfect. It's perfect. Everybody needs to go back and check the stream out just so they can see that. Yeah, yeah, what a gift. What a gift. We're going to be in the fourth chapter of Mark, and so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to look at just three verses here, and uh, it's going to be a gift to us today as we, as we think about the mustard seed and the faith that God calls us to have. I want to encourage you to uh, listen to this story afresh and new as we talk about the parable of Jesus, as we uh, are drawing to the end of this parable series, and uh, what it, I hope it's been enjoyable for you. I hope that you've been following along throughout the entire series. But here we go. We're in the fourth chapter of Mark, starting in the 30th verse. I'm waiting for an amen. Okay, all right. I think y'all deceived me. I didn't see pages, but I'll trust you. All right, here we go. Verse 30, it says this. Again, Jesus said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants with such branches that the birds can perch on them in its shade. Jesus, I pray that in the same way you spoke first through this parable, I pray that you would continue to speak today. God, I pray that we would be able to, uh, to, to grab a hold of this and, and take this message with us, God, that would empower us and encourage us, Father, to, uh, to, to literally entrust our faith to you. God, give us faith that moves to the ends of the earth that moves. Jesus, we welcome what you're doing, and we pray in your name. Amen. All right, well, um, I don't know about you how your week was, but my week was one of those weeks in which the message would be tested. It was one of those weeks in which the question would be, do you believe this idea that a little bit of faith could move mountains? Um, a couple of years back, I was introduced, probably through my wife, I was introduced to some song that, um, that you probably know, but I just didn't know it. And it has a line in it that says, um, a teaspoon of sugar helps the medicine go down. Anybody ever hear that? Is that a song? Where's it from? Mary Poppins. I need more information. Who's Mary Poppins? A nanny. A magical nanny. All right. She comes up in the sky? 
when it rains. I need to check this out. All right, so some of you, how many of you know of Mary Poppins? That's it. All right, and uh, how many of you know that saying, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine? How many of you know that to be true? Anybody else? Anybody's like, yeah, like I mean, I get it. I mean, I get, I get the, the truth of, like, in its purest form, I, I get that, right? Like, when it's something I don't want to, to have to take in, I try to wash it down with something that helps it go down easier, right? And so, okay, I get it. Okay, all right, all right, all right, there you go, there you go. All right, so look, 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 that idea that just a little bit of this helps with a whole lot of that in its simplest form is really all I'm going to say today, that just a little bit of this helps with a whole lot of that. And this week, maybe even more than, than, than the last couple of weeks, I needed a little bit of this. Maybe you were in that spot too. Maybe this was one of those weeks where, where you said, I, I just need a little bit of this in order to make it through all of that. Anybody have a to-do list that was longer than the hours they had to do it? Or anybody have responsibilities that seem too high to climb, too hard to overcome? Right? Anybody have a test or, or, or exam in school that you're like, I'm not prepared enough to make that happen? Put your hands down and study more. Just a little bit of this is going to help with a whole lot of that. I want to suggest to us this morning that faith sprouts, that it grows, that it's not stagnant, that it's not steady, that it is constantly something that is evolving in our life. We get this idea, though, right? This is true beyond faith. Anybody, anybody look at their memories on social media? Remember where you were last year or two years ago? Or put your hand down, son. Five years ago, right? right? Anybody, anybody do that? You, you look back, and, and when you look back, you see, you see pictures or thoughts or things that, that had meant something to you before, and you're like, wow, that looks so different than that now, or wow, you know, like, you know, I've got less of it up here. You know, wow, like some things have shifted over time. But we recognize this when we look back. All right, let me, let, me, let me get everybody into the conversation. Y'all remember when yearbooks were a thing? Y'all remember, yearb remember when yearbooks were a thing? And so what would happen? You would, you would get your yearbook. Maybe, maybe five years afterwards, you would look back at your yearbook. Or 10 years afterwards, you would look back at your yearbook. Or 20 years later, you look back at your yearbook. And you know what you would do, right? You would look and you would, you'd find, you'd go to page, whatever page you were on, and find your itty-bitty square that had your picture and your name under it, and you would remember what it was like back then, and you would have all those memories, but you would also think about how different you have become. You've grown up, you've matured, you've, you've, you, you, you've blossomed, you've started a family, whatever life had, however life had changed for you, but something had shifted over the last 5, 10, 15, 20, or more years, right? You weren't still eighth grade, black and white, page 30, bottom left-hand corner, right? Things had moved. I mean, come on, somebody's with me, right? Somebody understands. It's like, you're not still who, in that same spot you were in, right? Nobody's still there, right? Come on, somebody, okay, okay, all right. I, I, I hope you know that that's true. I hope you know that that's true. I hope you know that you have continued to evolve, to grow, to shift, that something has sprouted in you, that life has moved in you. 
But now we have to figure out how and why. And so as we look at this parable that Jesus gives, we remember that Jesus has given this instruction, and as he's teach, it's in the midst of his teaching that he says these things. And as he does it, what he, is, uh, what he is seeking to do is inspire the people of God to be like, hmm, just a little bit of this is what it's going to take. But, but as it inspires us to say it only takes a little bit, it also convicts us, doesn't it? It asks us the question, do I have the little bit that it's going to take? You know, there's a passage in Scripture that says, where Jesus actually says, he says, you know, of all the things I've done, you will do even greater. Think about this for a second. Of all the things that Jesus did, he says that we, the church, will do even greater. Well, that's encouraging, man. Like, I feel like, like, you know, like, I'll run through a wall for that, right? It's encouraging. But is there also a little conviction with that? Have we, have we done the greater yet? Like, Jesus did this. Jesus did this so that we could do this. And he says, because we can now do this, we can even do greater things than this. And I feel like that. I feel inspired, but at the same time, I have a, there's, a, there's a side of me that's like, I'm inspired, but I'm also like, wow, Ray, what are you doing? Get moving. Mountains move. Like, let's get going here, right? And so there's this back and forth that's happening within us as we think about the fact that just a drop of this faith is meant to be enough. And so if you're going to follow along, here's my first point this morning. Faith is planted. Faith is planted. Look at the scripture. It says, what then shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable might we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all, all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is planted, when it is planted, if I were to take a whole bunch of seeds and scatter them here on the carpet, you know what would happen? They would die, and eventually we would just vacuum them up. Right? Would anything grow? No, because it wasn't planted, right? It was just, just laying there. I just said, like, grow, grow. It wouldn't grow. But, but Jesus says that when the mustard seed is planted, that's the first step. It's planted. When it is planted, something happens after that. Now, now you say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means this. I can recount for you the day that I accepted Jesus to be the Lord of my life. November 4th, 1994, I know whose house I was in. I know the place where I was sitting. I even remember what was on the TV that I was staring at when I started to think, I need Jesus in my life. But is that where it happened? Well, yeah, but no. I shared with the folks downstairs this morning that we have to, I have to first think back, I remember when I was, I don't really remember this, but I, I remember conceptually, that when I was four or five, I went to a summer camp. And when I went to this summer camp, they gave me a Bible. And I guess it was like for perfect attendance. But I was going to have perfect attendance because they were given free lunch. And I was interested, all right? So I went, to, I went to the summer camp. I had my free lunch. They gave me a Bible at the end. I put it up on my shelf. I never touched it again. From the time that I was four to the time that I was 16, it got dusted and that was it. But when I was 16 years old, my friend looked at the Bible that was on my shelf and was like, you have a Bible. I go to church. Do you want to come? 
That would have never happened if God didn't first plant the seed, right? God planted faith in my life. God, God began the process with me. He did it with you. He might even be doing it with you right now, right? You being here might be step one. You following along the line might be step one of God planting faith in your life. And someday you'll recount the great things that God has enabled you to do, but they started, they germinated, if you will. See what I did there? I think that worked. With the seed that was first planted by God. And so before we go really deep into do I have enough faith, do I have this drop of faith that it takes, we have to recognize where the faith comes from. God is the great initiator. Friends, if there's a stirring in you, if there's something compelling you to lean in toward the Father, watch this. It's the Father. He's doing it. You recount a story where you say, I was, I was questioning God about this, and then all of a sudden it happened. It didn't happen because you were questioning God. You were questioning God because he was readying you for what he was about to do. God is the one who is initiating the process. He is the one who is moving this along. And so before we can think and measure out whether we have this, the faith that it takes to move the mountains, we have to recognize where the faith comes from. We don't have faith because we see enough mountains. We have faith because God plants faith in us that we can then see the right positioning of the mountains. That when God says, I want those mountains to move, we actually are able through the faith that he has planted in our lives to understand what it means for a mountain to move. I wanna, I wanna ask you, I want to charge you, challenge you, question you, maybe pose this idea to you. Have you recognized yet that faith has been planted in your life? Have you recognized yet that God is at work stirring something up even before, oh, that's so cute. You don't have to, you don't have to go. That's totally fine by us. Have you recognized yet that God is stirring something up from his initiation, not Hours. Faith is first planted and planted by God. Now look, here's what it says. It says, yet when, when planted, talking about the mustard seed, that small seed then grows and becomes the largest of all the seeds. The second thing I want to say to us this morning is this. The kingdom of God is present even when it is not yet evident. How many of us can hear this this morning? How many of us have had a day in our life where we said, I don't really feel like uh, I don't feel as excited for what God is doing as I should. Anybody ever have a moment where you say, like, I, I, I don't really feel like the whole Christian thing today? Anybody have that moment? Don't raise your hand with so much vigor. You guys are like, yeah, stop that. All right, yeah, but we had that moment, right? We've had a moment where like, I'm not sure. Man, like, I'm just not as excited about this, or, or it's not as clear that what God is doing. Anybody ever been confused? Like, you thought God was going to take you there, but you found yourself over here? Anybody ever have that moment where you said, man, like, how did I get here? You're like, God, where are you in the midst of this? Anybody ever have a tough moment in life where they look back and they said, God, where are you? Are you even here? 
Are you present in this moment? If anybody's ever experienced loss or tragedy, you probably had a moment in that season of loss and tragedy where you're like, God, where are you? Where are you? I want to say this again. Bring that point back up, please. I want to say this again because I want you to, I want you to hear this real clear. The kingdom of God is present, even if spelled wrong, even when it is not yet evident. Sorry, I spelled that wrong. It is even when it is not yet evident, the kingdom of God is present. God is still at work even when I don't know what he's doing. Amen? Come on, somebody. God is still doing something even when I don't yet understand. This is the sovereignty of God. God knows beginning to end, and therefore he understands things that I don't yet understand. And so when God is initiating and moving, when God is doing something, even if I don't understand what it's going to be or how it's going to work out, it doesn't change the fact that God is still doing it. Some of us, some of us live in a situation where God is only working when he's working the way we want him to. No? Just me today? Anybody ever had a moment where it's like, God, I, I don't even, like, I, I'm frustrated with you, God. You're not doing it the way I wanted you to do it. You know, you're not, you're not spouting loud enough, or you're not, saying, you know, you're, not, you're not saying it clear enough, or you're not showing up enough, or, or you know, like, we, we just have in our mind this idea of what it's going to look like when God does what God does, and the only time he does what he does is when he does what we think he want him to do. So I need to rebuke that thought. God is at work in you, even when you're like, I don't know what he's doing. Right now, right now, you're sitting there, you're like, why is he yelling at me? God is still at work in us right now, even when we don't know what it's going to look like. Can I take you on a walk? Ten years ago, my wife and I set foot in this sanctuary for the first time. Man, we were like, wow. We, we, we only had... We only had one of our kids. Now we got a whole pew full of kids. And when we set foot in this place, we we're like, man, this, this, is, this is amazing. The splendor of the room, and it, it felt great. We're so excited to be here. We had no idea what God was going to do. We, we, we had ideas what we wanted God to do. We didn't know what God was going to do. And can I, can I confess this to you? There were a number of days when we were like, God, are you doing something? Because I thought it would have worked out by now. But if we just time capsule that thought and we fast forward 10 years later and I look at this room, God did something. God was doing something. There are folks in this room who came to know Jesus during that time. God was doing something. There are folks whose faith was renewed during that time. God was doing something. There are folks who experienced tragedy and loss, and the church was there with them during that time. God was doing something. Half of you guys were birthed during that time. God was doing something. God was up to something. And God is equally as near in the times when it's clear as he is in the times when it still is yet to be known. So when you get into it this week, this month, when you're like, God, what are you doing? Fall back and trust on this. God is still doing something. He is still at work. So God, I lean in. What are you going to do? It's not yet present. Not, it's not yet evident. 
You know, I, I, I share that because I think about this, this parable that Jesus was telling about the seed that's planted. When you drop the seed into the ground and you cover it with dirt, what do you see? Just a pile of dirt. I have no idea what's happening under that earth. But if I wait long enough, there's evidence. If I wait long enough, something is produced. And in this case, that itty-bitty seed of nothingness that's dropped into the ground, that's then, you know, it, it, it's cultivated, right? You know, like whether it's cultivated by, by God pouring water on it or whether the farmer comes and pour water on it, either way, sooner or later, something is going to sprout up out of there. So I don't know who my, uh, who my camp counselor was when I was four. I don't know his or her name. But I know this, their decision when I was four to give me that Bible has changed not only my reality, but has changed reality for a whole lot of people because God saw fit to drop this seed to cover it with the dirt. My life went on for another dozen years where if you looked at it, you would say, does this guy, is, is God Got a battery issue. <laughs> All right, they're going to work on that. It might go out of. Give it up for the tech team. Yeah. Back online and running bold. All right, here we go. So what was happening during that 12 years was God was up to something, even though it wasn't evident yet what it was going to be. But you know what eventually happened? Something sprouted. Something was produced. And I want to say that to you again one more time. The, the kingdom of God is present with you, even when it's not yet evident. Third thing this morning I want to say is this. Planted seeds grow, and they grow strong. The story that Jesus tells tells a story about this itty-bitty seed that eventually blossoms to be the largest, that eventually blossoms to be the largest in the garden. This itty-bitty seed that's planted will grow. So I got to say this to somebody, somebody who's here today. 
If you're sitting here today and you're like wrestling, like I just I don't know if I measure up, you will grow. Allow the seed to be planted in your life. Go through the process. Dive into a Bible study in a small group and gather with people who love Jesus and start talking about the faith that you're seeking to understand. But planted seeds grow. They don't die. They don't wither. They grow. That's what God intended for it to happen. That's what God intends for your life and for mine. Claire, can you bring it down a little bit? That's what God intends for your life and for mine. And not just to grow, but to grow strong. Some of us are satisfied with saying, I grew a little bit. Some of us are satisfied with saying, like, the growth has started and so that's enough. Or, or God's on a slow path with me. But I want to say this. God actually desires for you to be a fortified, like the strongest. God desires for you to be the one in which all that surpasses all the other seeds. That's what God wants for you. That's what God is doing in you. God is growing you up and maturing you in a way that you will be able to be one that provides for others. The question that I have for you is, are you allowing that little seed to take root in your life? Are you allowing God to do what God desires to do simply by saying, God, I'm available. God, I'm showing up. God, God, I'm receiving what you have for me. God, I'm pursuing. God, I'm leaning in. If you're willing to do those things, if you're willing to, to do more than just say, I'm going to consume this, but you're actually willing to say, God, I'm going to be a part of what you're doing. I, I receive and I'll respond. Things will grow. When I was, when I was young, I, I had a couple of responsibilities. I had an older brother, so he had most of the responsibilities in life. And I thank God for that. Uh, I had a couple of responsibilities I had. One of the responsibilities I had was um, my mom, love her to death, she, she had a vision that that she said, Ray, I want you to help make this a reality. She planted some roses in the yard. Like we had a fence and on the fence line, she planted some roses. Had a little trellis that they were supposed to grow up and stuff like that. And she said, Ray, like your responsibility is to go out there, you know, fairly often and make sure that these little beetles aren't eating away at these, uh, at the roses and, and, uh, and, you know, and prune off anything that's, that's bad and, and, you know, and, and try not to get, try not to get stabbed or cut while you're doing it. Right. And so those, those little thorns always got me, but, but, I, but I would go out there and I would take care of these roses. And the first year that I had a responsibility to do it, you know, maybe, maybe I wasn't so good at it. Second year, maybe a little bit better, but, but the third year I discovered something. You guys are going to remember this. It was in a green and yellow box. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Miracle Grow. I discovered Miracle Grow. And if you don't know what this is, I mean, this is this 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 green substance. You would just dump it. It kind of looked like like Kool-Aid powder mix, you know? Like you would just dump it onto the plant, and then you would add a whole bunch of water, and you would just watch it, and it was like it's gonna grow. I don't know if it ever grew as a result of the Miracle Grow. But in my mind, I was like, this thing is going to be the best rose bush ever. And it would produce like a couple things. And I'd be like, look what I was able to do. I want to tell you the truth. There's no miracle growth here. There's no miracle growth here. There's a consistent nature of God pursuing you. And there's a consistent opportunity for you and I to respond. And trust God will grow up in us 
a mature and blossoming faith. Can I ask you something? Has your faith been stunted? Has your growth stopped? Well, then maybe the miracle grow is that today you say, hey, God, I'm here. God, give me faith again. Give me a boldness to believe in you. Give me a willingness to hang on to what you're doing. Because I believe that planted seeds are meant to grow, and they're meant to grow strong. Our last point this morning is this. Our faith is not our own. It is meant to provide refuge for others. Friends, everything we do from the moment that Jesus grabs a hold of our life until the moment that he calls us on to eternity is aimed at one commission, at one goal, and that's to be a people of God who are inviting other people to become people of God. Everything we do is aimed at that. And so this faith that you and I have that is growing up, and by the way, I know I've been talking about it like, is it out there? It's here. I see it in you. I can, I can share with you the ways in which your faith inspires the people to your left and to your right and inspires the guy in front of you. I can tell you about ways that we see Jesus at work and we see evidence that God is maturing something in you. So thank you for that. Thank you for living that faith in a way that encourages the body. But please, please hear this, right? That our faith is meant to provide refuge for others. Jesus, when he tells the parable, he says that the mustard seed grows up, and when it sprouts and it grows, it grows so strong that the birds can come and sit on it. They can sit under it. They can sit on it. They have a home there. Your faith is meant to be that, not just for you, but for those around you. Are there people who are leaning on you because of who you are in Jesus? Are there people who are trusting you because the ways that they know you've trusted Jesus? Are there people who are looking to you because they know the ways that you follow Jesus? I mean, at the end of the day, friends, I'm saying this as clearly as I can, you and I sit on the work of Christ on the cross, and that we can perch there. It's, it's strong enough for us. It's enough for us. Well, in the same way, this drop of faith that God has planted in you, and some of you, that drop of faith has sprouted to be a big oak. And some of us that drop of faith is still sprouted to be a strong tree, but maybe not the massive oak yet. But God is at work, and in the work that God is doing, he is creating a refuge, a safe haven, a strong shelter, a place for others to lean where they can then glean from that same faith that you have. Let me take you back to November 4th of 1994. It wasn't a Sunday school teacher who invited me to learn about Jesus. It wasn't a mature man or a mature woman who invited me to know about Jesus. It was a radical 16-year-old young guy who was about three weeks older than me, who God had done some crazy thing in his life and turned his life upside down, who said, hey, that mustard seed faith that I got, it's enough for you, Ray. Come sit with this with me. Come, come, glean from what I've got. You might remember the passage of Scripture where Paul says, he says, I invite you, follow me while I follow Christ. 
follow me while I follow Christ. Or you might remember in John chapter 5 when Jesus gets in trouble. Y'all remember the story where Jesus gets in trouble? Y'all know that Jesus got in trouble? If you didn't know that, if you ever, anybody here ever get in trouble? You ever get in trouble? That had to be a lot of trouble, not like the police kind of trouble, just like mom and dad shaking their finger at you trouble. Anybody ever get in that kind of trouble? Any, any kind of trouble? Some of y'all never been in trouble. I praise God for you. I want to hang out with you more often, right? right? You've been in trouble, son. All right, so, <clears throat> so in John chapter 5, Jesus finds himself getting in trouble. There's some people who aren't happy with how he's responding. Matter of fact, they're mad at him because he did some work on a day that they thought he shouldn't. This might trigger, this memory might be coming back to you. He does some work on a day that they think he shouldn't. And so they, they get frustrated with him and they decide that they, you know, they want to bring charges against him. And Jesus looks at the people who are mad at him and he says, you know, guys, I'm only doing what I see my father doing. And he says, my dad works all the time. And he's not talking about like being a workaholic. He's just saying that God is always at work whether we know it or not. He didn't take time off from that. He's always doing something in us. And he says, so I just fix my eyes on the Father, and then I'm going to go do what I see my Father doing. So I want to say this to you. Be the, be the follower of Christ that others can say, I fix my eyes on them because I know they're following Jesus. And then I'm going to go do what I see them doing. Because as I do that, this, this drop of faith is being planted in my life, and it's being covered over, and it's being cultivated. And as it's cultivated, what will sprout from there will move mountains. Specifically, it will bring dead things to life. Friends, as, as much as I can say this and as clearly as I can today, you were made to be a people of God who reflect God to a dying world. And the drop of faith that God has given you, it's enough. It is more than enough. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray for each one of us, God, that we would understand today that you are the one who has planted faith in our life. God, that you are, you're calling something to grow up in us. And as it grows and as it matures, God, the, the, the fruit that it will bear and the, and, and the life that it will give and, and the ways that it will restore hope for others, God, that's all the work that you're doing. God, some of us, all we have today to offer is a mustard seed. I got a drop of faith left. And God, I, I pray that you would do something with this drop of faith. Some of us, God, are, are spiritual heroes and giants already, Lord, and, and you've done some great things in our lives, and, and we're testifying about that goodness. And so we're, we're inviting others, look, look and see what God has done. Follow me well, as I follow Christ. But for all of us, we're trusting, God, that even when we can't yet see the evidence of what you're doing, we're trusting you're still doing something under the ground, under the ground of our life, that you're still cultivating something within us, you're still maturing something in us, you're still growing something up. And so we're looking forward with great anticipation for the ways in which life will sprout from this, from the covering that it will offer, from the refuge that it will give. God, that every one of us will be that 16-year-old boy someday that invites somebody else to say, hey, you want to come with me? 
Because God's doing something in my life over here, and I invite you to come and see it. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for mature saints in our church that have been faithful witnesses for years, that are steady, that have sprouted up as a result of the seed of faith that you planted in them. And we can look to them publicly and privately and we can see the goodness of of your hand on them. We can see the the place of refuge that we can find with them. And I thank you, God, for those who are are here and saying, God's doing something under the earth because it hasn't sprouted yet. But God, I know you're going to sprout it. I know you're going to grow something up in them. I know what's going to produce in there is good because the one who plants it is good. So God, we're believing. We're trusting. We don't have to have it all figured out yet, Lord, and we don't. What we have figured out is this. It is only you. And so we'll look to you with boldness, with a great hope and anticipation a great and maturing work that you seek to do in each one of us. And Lord, if there's anybody here today who doesn't yet have that drop of faith, and God, I pray that today will be the day you give it to them. You love the world so much that you, Father, gave the greatest sacrifice, your Son, Jesus Christ, who would come as the perfect atonement for our sins. You would make right what has been made wrong. And then, God, you offer us a gift freely given by you to be freely received by us, that if we would believe upon the work of your Son, Jesus Christ, that if we would trust you with just a little bit of faith, that you would forgive us of all the ways in which we've been opposite. We've gone away from you. You'd restore us and you'd make us new again. We call that the gift of salvation. And so God, I pray over anyone who might be here today or anybody who might be watching at home who doesn't yet know you. And I pray that gift over them that they would believe upon you for forgiveness of their sins and for the resurrection of their soul. That they would be one with you Drop that faith in their life, cover it over, cultivate it, nourish it, nurture it, that someday what would sprout forth from there be life. New life in you and a strong, steady presence that others would see that new life and they would glorify our Father in heaven. God, we love you. We honor you. We worship you, and we surrender both our fears, our doubts, and our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We invite you to stand with us as we sing on faith. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.